You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw, blitz coming, and get to him. No, he takes off running, and he's he in. It. Touchdown, Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. What's good, Fit Nation? What's good? It's your boy Reason. We are back here for another one. Tonight, we got a special treat for you. It's Fin Too Deep in the finish line, combining like Voltron for the 2022 NFL schedule release. As I'm joined by Neil Driscoll, the legendary Richmond Webb, the Triple OG, Mr. Ball Game. Um, guys, we already know some of the dates that are out. Twitter's been a wild place. It's it's turning into the wild, wild west again over OTA throws. It, it's just such a such a ridiculous week, but it, it's kind of like Christmas Day for a lot of us. We know who our opponents were, the road games and the away games, but now we get dates. We get to start solidifying. I mean, we're talking about dates backstage and making plans. Boys, how are y'all feeling on the basically minutes away from finding out exactly when, where, the Dolphins will be playing this year and how many primetime games we're going to get. I guess I'll start it off. There you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One to twin powers activate. Hey, gentlemen, how y'all doing? Um, man, I'm good. I'm just waiting. To me, it don't matter. You got to line up and play them. It doesn't matter week in, week out. You know, uh, as long as it's um, not, you know, maybe like three road games in a row, whatever. Other than that, I can deal with it. Uh, I feel good about this team, uh, offense, defense, everything. So I'm just ready to see uh, it all come together on the football field. So I'm just looking forward. It doesn't matter who we play. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm good. Uh, Neil, ball game. I guess I'll let y'all have it now. By the way, breaking news, the Dolphins will host the Pittsburgh Steelers for Sunday night football on October 23rd. I call it the Tua Tungvaloa revenge game and the downfall of Brian Flores. Go ahead, Neil. Oh, I, I just figured out one game that I'm going to be going to this year because that's going to be an exciting game, the Minka Fitzpatrick revenge game too, right? You know, we have some bad yeah. blood, obviously, with him leaving the team, but the schedule looks fun from what I've seen so far. I mean, ho, 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 Merry Christmas, hosting the Packers on Christmas Day. Always fun. Get one of those Miami Dolphin uh, team uh christmas hats that i wear around the house and open gifts and watch the dolphins beat down aaron Rodgers. hopefully um a new year's game uh i, I guess we see two primetime games it sounds like a thursday nighter against the Bengals and uh hosting a sunday nighter against the uh steelers it, it's been a while right since we've hosted a sunday nighter um i'm a big fan of sunday night football i even prefer it to monday night football to be honest um, so I, I'm really excited. Uh, it looks like two primetime, a couple holiday games, and uh, you know, starting the uh, season at home against the Patriots, which is a great matchup for us. I think when you got Buzz that comes out, and it's um, been a long time um, having it hit you in the face and be around the team that you love, it's always exciting. Um, who we're playing doesn't necessarily matter to me. Because you got to go line up and do your best regardless. But at the same time, it's 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 good to be featured on a lot of these 
um, primetime slots where, you know, everybody's kicking back, um, winding down, relaxing over the weekend, Sunday night. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Neil. I love Sunday night football. So I, I definitely yeah. hate trying to have to rush home after working on Monday to try <laughs> to um, settle in and watch a game. But on Sundays, yeah, you know, it's, it just feels right. It feels more in line with, you know what I'm saying, the way to set your week off, you know, um, get your team a good win on Sundays and then go from there. But we got to do work regardless. So, um, the, the, like I said, the opponents don't matter, but it's it's good to know that um, the buzz around the team has got them putting putting us in some crucial and key spots. So I think I like that, you know, that's good. And, and what's good is like on Sundays you can do your thing with your family. You can watch some football if you got some time on your hands. And then, you know, at least for me, the kids are in bed by 820. And it's time to crack them, and it's t- time to start watching. You know what I mean? I can't. That, that that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be an awesome thing. And I wanted to say this too. And I know we'll see it once the schedule is like actually released and we post it up here. But the Bengals game, the word is right now week four on Thursday Night Football, right? Guys, the the crazy thing about that to me is it's early, and I posed the question. Why can't we be the Bengals this year? Not in the sense of the Super Bowl run, but in the sense of the leap that Burrow took when they put all the pieces around him. You know, our Jamar Chase was Tyreek Hill, right? Except he's a better version of Jamar Chase. But Jamar Chase allowed T. Higgins to become one of the better number twos in the league and Tyler Boyd to become arguably the best number three in the league. Jalen Waddle is probably going to be the best number two in the league this year. Let's call it what it is. And... Cedric Wilson has all the capability to be one of the best number threes in the league. He did it buried on a depth chart. Every time someone got injured, he just bumped up and made things happen. You look at the run game. Sure, we don't have Joe Mixon, but guys, we added Sony Michelle this week, and if he stays healthy along with Raheem Mozart and Chase Edmonds, we can get collectively Joe Mixon-like production from them. You look at last year, they added Riley Reef. They drafted Jackson Carmen, for example. We brought in Connor Williams, Taron Armstead. We've made the same type of upgrades, but we've made them to a better level, I think. I mean, we've added two guys on Hall of Fame trajectories in Tyreek Hill and Taron Armstead. Taron Armstead's the best left tackle we've had in Auckland Orange since the man two spots below me right now rocking the salt and pepper like no one in the world can, all right? So, like, this, when you, when you sit there, I think this is a really good gauge and it's going to be on prime time, boys. It's going to be on prime time against Burrow and the Bengals. And I ask you guys this. Why can't we be the Bengals? And do you guys look at that game as like a really good gauge of where we're at? Because, I mean, they're coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Well, I think – I'm going to be honest with you. I think because when they were in college, if Tua hadn't got hurt, he'd have been first dude off the block anyway as a quarterback – I think Burrow um, went to a unique situation in Cincinnati where they they were primed and ready with a lot of good selections to put pieces around him. And, you know what I'm saying, he was an older guy. They so made I smarter expected. moves. They yeah, made smarter they made moves. very smarter moves. And it, yeah. But in the same sense, we're now about – we're now on the cusp of being able to see, I think, an even more mature and healthier version of Tua Tagovailoa. You know what I'm saying? And that, to me – if I'm on the other side of that and I got to try to figure out how to defend the Dolphins in particular now, now they got a healthy quarterback with a chip on his shoulder with weapons around him. That's scary. You see what I'm saying? So for me, the leap is a little different. I think it's going to be even more astronomical and 
teams will have to play catch up because what we can feel in terms of speed practices on offense, no one really, no one really has the ability to match up at every position against what we go. So there's mismatches all over the field. And this kid has proven even when he hasn't even been at his healthiest that he can find and put the ball in spaces where only the wide receivers can get it. That's that in itself is a, 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 a phenomenal situation to be in for this team. So, yeah, I think we can definitely do what the Bengals did. And I believe we can do a little more to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I- Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, you, Richmond. Go ahead. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Hey, but uh, no, I was just going to add on to that. I, I think what I really like about it is um, is the amount of primetime games we're actually getting this year, and we're getting one early. And um, to go against a team like the Steelers, this and that, and if we can come out with a convincing win, and it actually gives not just Dolphin fans, but people that are NFL fans to get an opportunity to look at the Dolphins. If we put it together like we expect and the players play the way we expect, um, I think that's going to change a lot of people's mind or people going to say, hey, this is not the same Miami Dolphin team. Um, you got to be ready to play. And I think people know about our defense, but with the upgrades and stuff, we made a different position, the running back position, all the, uh, the talent we added at the wide receiver position and stuff. I think we could be a force to reckon, especially with Coach McDaniel and the way he runs his offense and stuff. So um, I'm really excited to see this. And like you said, with quarterback, everybody healthy, if we keep everybody healthy, uh, I think uh, it's going to be a lot of people jump the bandwagon and it's going to a lot of people mm-hmm. be like, man, the offense off for real this year. And, and it's I got receipts, be- though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think you guys are right. I think receipt season's coming, and and I think Tua Tungavaloa is going to be the guy where the the whole narrative on him switches this year. And I think it's a big deal that he has Joe Burrow on prime time. Tua's career at Alabama started with his back against the wall, and the guy became a superstar overnight. Right, his back's against the wall this year. The Dolphins kept their draft pick as security if Tua doesn't pan out. He knows what he has in front of him. And the guy's a smart kid. He's putting out the work. His body looks healthy. He looks as healthy as he's ever been in Miami for sure. That's big, man. I'm betting on Tua Tungvaloa. <laughs> big, big O had Reason and I on his draft show a couple weeks ago, and I made one of the most bold claims I think I've made in a long time where I said I think Tua Tungvaloa is a dark horse MVP candidate because he's on nobody's radar. And if we remember a few, yard, few years back, Lamar Jackson was on no one's radar the system worked. It fit him really well. His strengths were kind of optimized, and then he became the MVP and one of the better quarterbacks in football. They, they, the mm. Dolphins have a plan, right? Tyreek Hill, I mean, I was doing mock drafts, happy to get Jahan Dotson at pick 29, but we went out and got Tyreek Hill, one of the biggest difference, difference makers we've seen in a decade plus. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame receiver. He's a game changer. He's the best player on this football team, hands down, and – I have big expectations. I think get in the dance. That's what the Bengals did. They got in the dance and they played their best football. They call teams by surprise. If we stay healthy, the talent on this team, they're going to be well better coached. There's one move I want them to make, and that's go out and sign J.C. Treader, and then their line will be compete complete. But we haven't even mentioned that they just signed Sonny Michelle, who I think is probably their best running back on their oh, roster. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about Michelle. Well, I mean, I, I echo everyone's sentiment. The schedule's I, out. Yeah, it's out, and I love it. And and so and let's, look, let, let's 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 yeah. let's do this. 
Okay, so they released this video, and then I'm going to put the schedule up on for everyone to see, okay? This is how they released the schedule. We actually had a creative uh, PR team this year. So this is the video they put together. I'm going to play it for y'all, and then we'll put the we'll put the uh, the schedule up. All right, so they put the the little, 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 little tribute to the, our schedule this year. It's about time instead of last year. I remember last year everyone was releasing these cool little like videos of how they drop theirs, and we're out here just dropping an image for everyone. Um, and here's your full schedule this year. So they're gonna start off obviously at home against the Patriots. I mean, guys, this first four weeks, holy. At home against the Patriots, on the road against the Ravens, then it. at home against the Bills, and then on the road for Thursday night football against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. You know what that means? I mean, whew, what does this You know mean? what that means? That means that this defense, this defense gets to go out and prove once again that they got everything it takes to go out and, and hold this team down until this offense gets right if they need a little time. And I believe that each one of these matchups, we are primed and built to be able to go in and defensively stifle what they put on the put out on the field. And that's going to be these these are going to be games exclusively for the defense to say, you know what, we got you until you're ready. And I mean, look I, at how I want to argue, Neil. You said Tyreek's the best player, but I think Xavier Howard would fight you if for that for that saying that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hold on. Is he is he muted? I said I'm I'm glad that Xavier finally has some competition at the top, right? There we it's go. Been a while since he had some competition. There we go. You know the game that and those four first four that get to my attention is Baltimore because we embarrassed them on Thursday night football last year. They're going to be a little bit healthier. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder, and we're going to their house. So that's a game I, I think we just you know we got to be prepared for because the history shows that once you punch the Ravens in the face, they do like to punch back. Now they're definitely yeah. going. to. I mean, they traded their best offensive weapon in Hollywood, Hollywood Brown, and I don't, I don't know what their, uh, you know, it's going to look like for that. But you know, that's a tough stretch. But after that, man, the schedule gets beautiful to me. Beautiful. I, I, I think like that next, honestly, six of those next seven games, three, are, are just the toughest thing for me, five. Neil, is the uh, how the schedule ends when four seven. of your last six are on the road. Seven. That's that's going to be. That's going to be like, especially if you're trying to make a playoff push. But I but mean, the thing, right? Reason they're playing in San Francisco, then the Chargers, so they can stay out on the West Coast, right? So they don't have to go yep. back and forth. Yeah, yeah. The 49ers to me don't scare me at all, man. I, I think Trey Lance. No, 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 no. Uphill battle. You know, no, you no. go on the road. I, you don't want to think about the Dolphins, though, man. They got this swagger to them. I, I, that I just, last stretch is tough, bro. Again, tough. Chargers, then division rival. You got to go to Buffalo in December. Then you got the Packers at home, and they're going to be making their usual looking good before they choke in the playoffs push. And then you got the Patriots on the road in New England on New Year's Day. And then, again, I think we'll beat the Jets. But even when you beat up on the Jets, 
they're still a division rival and still a tough game normally. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, the, where they need to make the most of this, I'm going to tell you right now, from the Jets to the San Francisco game, you need to be lights out. That's where you need, because I'm going to tell you right now, the key to winning 12 games is what? Win the games guess, you're a favorite in. Yeah, win the games you're supposed to win. Split the games where you're an underdog. Yeah. And so if you come out of this first four, two and two, I mean, the Jets favorite. I like us against the like I I see nothing but until the maybe Browns, us being a favorite. Is Watson even gonna play in that game? Exactly, right? And if he's yeah. not playing, then we got Jacoby, you know, Jabroni Brisket, then I mean that's you could literally come out of that two and two and rifle off six games, and you're sitting there now. You're on the back half of your schedule. Where it's like, okay, we're feeling ourselves, and we're gonna get into the tough spot. But you got to make the most of that chunk from the Jets to the Browns, I think, or from the Jets to the San Francisco 49ers, Let's say. <laughs> yeah, I agree with your reason. I, I think, um, and and that was the difference last year. You know, we went on that that seven game stretch or whatever yeah. where we won the games. It was just early on. We lost a couple of games that, that we should have won. Yeah. You know, Jacksonville, yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta. You win yeah. those two games, you know, we're in the playoffs. So right. um well, let's be realistic, Richmond. If we had two, we'd probably beat the Colts and we'd probably beat the Raiders too. And 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 that's what I when we all kind of echo the same sentiment is being healthy, I mean, I, I don't think people don't sometimes realize is keeping your guys that you truly need to be ready every week, you know, week in, week out. And if you lose a couple guys at, at positions that really can affect your production, offense or defensive, you got to try to make adjustments and stuff. So the key is, you know, like we all said, it's just keeping everybody healthy. But, um, like you said, you get, throughout the roster, though. At this yeah. point now, so everybody, you know, with the, somebody go down, you got somebody to step right in, man. This this roster hasn't looked like this roster hasn't looked this complete in a long time on both sides of the ball, man. Okay, I wanted to ask you guys this because I posed this question. Uh, perfect three minds. I'd love to get your opinions of. Is this the best roster since the Marino era? The best, the most comparable roster I could find, really. Was that 03 roster with like Sammy Knight, Brock Marion, Sertain, Sertain Madison. Madison, and then we had Seau, Greenwood, and uh, Zach Thomas, and then up front you had like Bowens and Taylor. But yeah. then you look at the offense, like, you know, once you got past, you know, Chambers and, and McMichael, Ricky, and Ricky, Ricky. You know, Ricky was the only superstar, you know what I mean? So, right. you know, once you got past that, you're like, you know, the old line, you know, Nails and all those guys and Wade and stuff, they're all pretty good. But, like, you look at this right now, like, you know, is this is this the best team uh, on paper since the Marino era? I think, like, it's better than the 2008 team because I think Tua's got a higher ceiling than Pennington. And our number one receiver that year is Greg Camarillo. So, right. I mean, if it wasn't for the Wildcat, are we a playoff team that year? Let's all be honest with ourselves right now. That's why I think Ronnie Brown deserves more credit than he's given for. Everyone gives it to Pennington, 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 but hold up. Ronnie Brown was the cog that ran that Wildcat, and the Wildcat's why we're a playoff team. But I digress. Is it better than the 2016 team? Well, what well, do you guys I, think? I, I think it's easy to, to make that assumption, but it, and I think the reason is so easy. I'm talking about on paper. 
Well, no, no. You can talk about on paper or off paper, but when, like, if you got to go back to 2003 to make a comparison, and yeah. 2022, it's that's definitely the best roster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you got to go that everybody going to say, oh, hell yeah, this is the best we've had since then. It's like, because they don't want to, they don't want to remember it's too much pain every time you got to go back. Oh, yeah, back in 12. Oh, I don't want to talk yeah. about that. Oh, it's, you got for you to do the research and just say, okay, 2003 or 2022, you saved a lot of pain off the Dolphin fans. So, I would say easily, yeah, this is whether you want to look at it on paper or not, the talent, like you said, we got um, uh, defensively and then all the weapons we added on offense and stuff like that, it's not even hard. Yeah, I, I just say, yeah, this is this is it. I think, yeah, the biggest, I think the oh, ahead, Neil. Go ahead. You, I, I was just gonna say, I, I think that you're right. I mean, if you're going back 19 years to look, I mean, I, I don't think this defense is better than that defense, to be honest. With uh, Zach, Sertain. yeah, the, the, the yeah, second yeah, level yeah. is clearly level better over there, right? I think our secondary is better, though. Sorry, but, you know, but what's exciting is how young this team is. Like, this is yeah. gonna be the roster for the foreseeable future. We're not in a short term window where we're facing cap hell with veterans. And, and look, I'm not trying to, to knock anybody, but I have a lot more faith in Tua Tungavaloa than I do in Jay Fiedler. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just being honest. <laughs> like, so at, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you know, if you're asking me, do I think this roster has the best chance to be successful? I mean, that Dolphins roster in the 2003, I mean, like, we were on the cover of the SPM magazine. We all remember that cover. We were all excited. And we underachieved every year, year after year. I think it's going to be the reverse this year. I, I think this team's going to actually achieve more than the expectation. Well, yeah, because I agree with you because here's the thing. The 2003 roster didn't have the leadership we have with Mike McDaniel and the staff we're putting together. Ballgame, what are your thoughts? I, I just think across the board, man, um, it's been a long time where I've actually been able to think about this team and – not figure out I mean and not be able to figure out who to stop to stop the team stop the offense at least you know this is a hard position for any defensive coordinator to have to be in to defend this team and the luxury I wouldn't even say luxuries well it is a luxury because if you think about it right there aren't a lot of teams in the league that actually have three solid wide receivers they have maybe a one halfway decent two and then a guy that is thrown in there at three, or they got a tight end that flexes for their three, and they, you know, feed him. But the Dolphins, this this roster can give you nightmares at every position. Every one of the guys that can line up from the tight end spot to the X to the Z to, you know what I'm saying, they, they can win matchups on their own. And I just think to myself, like, the kid doesn't have to have – he doesn't have to have the best deep ball, but he does. He's – you know what I mean? And his short to intermediate game is 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 phenomenal. This is going to be a problem, You know bro. where we're going after this. You just segued uh, it. And, 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 okay, so let's talk about this. Right, can but, I say one more thing, Reason, though? Go bro? ahead, brother. Go ahead. Because we're going to get back to the schedule after, but I just want to talk about that. Caleb Waddle is going to become a superstar this year. 
We saw what he did last year when he was the man, and everyone knew the ball was going to him because there's no one else that was going to take the pressure off. Yeah. Right? We all agree that Marlon Humphrey is a really, really good NFL. And he turned him inside out, brother. I mean, imagine what's going to happen when Tyreek Hill is taking the pressure off of Jalen Waddle. It's over. Like, point, bro. And look at Waddle. The work, like I know, Tua's put in the work and deserves all the credit, but Jalen Waddle's been right there putting in the work this offseason. I can't Jalen double Waddle, everyone. Jalen Waddle is going yep. to become a and so is Lynn Bowden. Yeah, can't I, double everyone, bro. This is just problems after problems after problems. See, I'm I'm, I might have I might have made a bet on Twitter in the offseason taking Albert Wilson over Lynn Bowden last season, <laughs> but I wouldn't have done that this season because Lynn Bowden I got locked in as four, and if anyone goes down in front of him, don't think he ain't going to try and come for your reps, four. man. Yep. Yeah, this guy's Cedric Wilson can has to stay healthy because Lynn Bowden. If he gets locked in at that slot, he like he's the faster guy, now, right? Bro, I, I performers told me they clocked him at four three seven, bro. And remember, this is a guy who transitioned to wide receiver, never played it before, and didn't have. He was the only guy who didn't have a single drop for us in twenty twenty. Like he was yeah. the most, literally the most reliable wide receiver. So let's talk about this, guys. Obviously, we're gonna get back to the schedule here in a sec. But the the talk this week was about under throw gate and the dolphins media team i've shown the video to my viewers they've seen it um, but i'm going to show the positive video that came out because tyreek hill came to his defense today and said can y'all chill or not nah, we talking about practice and then he posted this video guys um so we'll let this video play and then i want to get your guys thoughts all right and i will mute it there's going to be music so bear with me as i hit the mute button Let it roll through a bit here. Okay, Hunter Long. Then he throws this absolute bomb to Tyreek Hill in stride. All right, one more time. See it? So nothing but just slinging the ball around and Tyreek showing him off. And um, this was obviously all over. I mean, guys, that video of the underthrow has over 6 million views on Twitter right now. <laughs> Look at that was a dime, absolute dime um, in stride. The trolls um, are still out, bro. The, the, they, they're alive and breathing. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on this whole, like, we're in May. I know we can all say, Alan Iverson, we're talking about practice, but what kind of stage are we getting to where people are, you know, is Tua Tagovailoa the most polarizing figure because he is the least controversial as a person, but yet for some reason he's the most controversial as a player? Like, what what are we getting at, too? Because, guys, this made the New York – the underthrow made the New York Post. Like, that's why we're talking about this right now. It made the freaking New York Post, all right? Now, we all know this ain't going to make the New York Post, but Jalen Waddle retweeted it, said right in the breadbasket. Robert Hunt retweeted it and quote tweeted it and says a bunch of players are coming out and basically quote tweeting it. And Nick Kicks even told me privately, you know, a lot of the players are pissed that that video came out about the underthrow and they're letting everyone know what the deal is that they stand behind their quarterback right now. What what, what are your guys' thoughts on this whole under? Uh, we'll start with you on this one, Neil. What are your thoughts on this whole underthrow? Great. I know you're saying, thank God I've been on Twitter because this is ridiculous. Your brain's going to melt. But well, like, what are your thoughts that now we're getting to this point where players are having to put out clips and tell everybody? I mean, Tyreek Hill basically told everyone politely to shut the f up. Like that's basically what he did. 
I, I honestly think it's one of the biggest non-stories that we've seen in a while. No wonder the New York Post probably can't sell papers anymore. And with everything going on in the world, they're focusing on a quarterback that they think under through. I, I, I just don't understand why there's a segment of people that want this guy to fail. Even, like, you know, I'm a fan of football and the Dolphins are my team, but I don't go out there and publicly like really care about people failing. Like Tom Brady ruined my life for 20 years. I respect him. I think he's the best player that ever played football. Like I, I just don't get like the way Tua carries himself off the field. Like I, I say this all the time. Like he's a guy that I want my son to look up to. Like like how I looked up to Cal Ripken, how I looked up to Dan Marino. Like I I, I think it's ridiculous that there's like this campaign to smear this guy. Like Jets fans, Bill fans, Patriots fans, division. It's fun, but it just seems like the national narrative takes takes a lot of shots of him at well at well. And and I just hope that that we get to see the season, what we all expect. And, you know, I, I've told you this reason on our show, uh, you know, I really think that come week eight of the NFL season, one of the stories that's going to come around, good morning football or something like that was on the bottom of the ticker, did the Dolphins get it right with Tua Tunga-Valoa? Because he has the ability to make the joke on everybody else this season. He's hungry. He's motivated. But, you know, whether he pans out or not, he doesn't deserve the negative attention he's getting. But you know what? I'd rather be the underdog. So, so be it. Like, you know, we all, I haven't seen a quarterback in Miami as a fan for 35 years in the post Marino era that gave me more hope than Tua Tunga Valoa. And I love Chad Pennington. I mean, you know, I cheer for this team when it was Jay Feeler, when it was Damon Heward, so, when yep. it was Gus Farratt, when it was Cleo Lemon. I right. still believe in this team. We have a guy who was a number five overall pick. Brian Greasy, the best man. collegiate players that ever played the game, and we're not happy with it because Justin Herbert has been a fantasy football champion, and Joe Burrow went to a Super Bowl. At the end of the day, he's our quarterback. Burrow and Herbert will never be our Miami Dolphin quarterbacks at this point, right? So I'm a big believer in, like, like support them. If people want to trash them, they can. Well, here's, here's here's my take, and it might not be the popular one, and I don't really care at this point because people, I'm so sick of people running around wanting to look for every negative thing associated with this kid and try to make it out to be a whole lot more than this. I don't really care if you don't like to, first of all, first and foremost, because the people that are truly Dolphins fans truly understand that any success that they're going to have with this team, regardless of who's that quarterback, needs to be, they need to be rallied behind it, and it doesn't matter at this point. The fact that he's not six foot four, blonde hair, blue eyed, and some freaking, you know what I'm saying, model of a guy that they got in their mind from way back when. Quarterbacks have changed. The look of quarterbacks have changed. The game has even changed. Those people probably should go try to find a new sport and worry about trying to figure out something else to do with their time then because they're so old in their mindsets about what a quarterback should look like that they don't even really understand that the game has changed twofold. This kid has done nothing other than be outstanding in co- in high school, outstanding in college, and probably beat the – Alabama probably beat the brakes off for of their college team. So, you know, people are petty like that. You know what I mean? That, that That's completely crazy to me that you would take hate from college, roll it over into – pro and then still want to see a guy fail when all it is is football hmm. right but people are simple these days and they find the, the smallest of things to, to hold on to like they got a 
and they're making a personal vendetta with a kid who is without a shadow of doubt and has been said over and over again, one of the most humble, one of the nicest, and one of the most religiously based people on this planet. Is that right? what it's about, a ball game? Because, no, no, but don't you guys see the par- – like, I'm not talking about the player. Don't you all see the parallels with Tim Tebow? Yeah. Like Tim Tebow was one of the best – biggest winners at the collegiate level but as soon as people saw a crack chink in the armor when he got to the nfl level because he we all knew he wasn't a good pass in the football the hate and even and he still kept winning even though he wasn't a good quarterback facts i mean do you guys do you guys think this like this you, is a big didn't see it with johnny yeah, they tore him down because of his faith bro exactly yeah. like why did you see it with johnny Manziel? we didn't see right? it with him i mean i've joked around and said the media must be like the Illuminati must be real here because I don't get it. You know what I mean? But like, you know, devil worshipers, I don't know why else are you hating on the kids so much, but it's, it's just, it's, it's just so polarizing. And uh, Richmond had technical difficulties. He's uh, restarting his computer. He'll give me back in a sec. Um, I want to get back though, guys to the schedule for a sec. Sure. Um, interesting thing. Um, what did you guys think about the fact that the Dolphins are actually going to travel um, the fourth most mileage all hmm. year, about 25,000 uh, miles, only behind the Jaguars, the Denver Broncos, and the Seattle Seahawks? Um, and then look at, they're in uh, only 14 different time zones, though, which is, I mean, obviously Seattle, West Coast. But a lot of mileage in this team, and you see, you know, four of the last six games are on the road. Um, and you made the good point, Neil, obviously San Francisco, LA, you don't got to leave the West coast. Um, but you know, by the end of this, by, by the end of the season, do you think this mileage, you know, adds up and, and takes effect that this team wants to make a playoff push? I, I just think these pros are getting used to, to used to this. It's part of the game yeah. now, man. And, and I actually think that having a coach like Mike McDaniel, who's not going to come in here and just run it like, you know, like, you know, Flores ran a really, really tight chip. And I'm not saying that Mike McDaniel isn't going to be disciplined, but I think he's going to be more of a player's coach and help understand, you know, when they take these long trips to give them an extra day off or day. But, I, you know, that's part of the game now. The good news is that Stephen Ross has a lot of money and he puts a lot of money into this team and they travel well. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the Dolphins are, you know, with Stephen Ross, you know, those long flights, you know, we all see the, the planes that they're getting off of. It's not like they're on Southwest slumming it and see in the middle seat, you know? So I, <laughs> I, I think that they'll be just fine. And, you know, like at the end of the day, it's a part of the game. And, you know, unless they get the number one seed in the AFC, they're going to have to travel in the playoffs too. So it's good to get some practice at doing that as well. Um, you know, this guy, I, I love it. Look, I, I think there's a home field advantage for sure in football. I'm not going to be naive and say there isn't, but I also think that, these guys are professionals. Like, you know, when you travel a lot, I, I used to travel 40 weeks a year for work. You get used to it and uh-huh. your body gets used to it. You don't get, you don't care as much, you know, the time zone when you do it once or twice a year, it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? It, I, I think the dolphins will be fine. Yeah. I don't, I think anything that's put in front of them at this point, is just going to build character to be truthful with you. And the fact that you got a coach, that's going to allow them to be professionals and not treat them like over, you know, saying overgrown kids. That's going to be huge for them, right? All these guys are there to do a job, and I think, you know, saying across the board that they can all be trusted to be professionals. I mean, like we don't we're not a team that has a whole bunch of issues in the off season and things of that nature. So, 
best part about it is that you're right, Neil. We do they do travel in style, so right. that makes the that makes the process so much easier. You know, the miles don't matter. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's just part of the job. So, you know, for these guys, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that being an issue at all, man. I think this, like I say again, I think this is the most complete team we've had in quite some time. Even the young guys know what it means to be a part of an NFL team, right? Jalen Phillips, all these guys, man. And they're all rounding up. You know what I mean? You got Raekwon, you know what I'm saying? Christian, they're pros, pros. So yeah. it's a part of it. The, they'll be ready, bro. I see, though, how, like, just in the post-Brian Flores era already, even though it's been a short time period, how close-knit this team is. Like, the going to the, the, the race together, all yeah. these things. Mike McDaniel, I've never seen a head coach go out with his players that much. I Dude, think they're taking pictures like rap album covers, bro. <laughs> it was amazing. Rocking yeah. Yeezys, running out with the team. like two yeah. and, and for all the people that, like, were saying that the team had a beef with Tua, I mean, uh, there's show evidence me. now that you're not right because yeah. that seems like the least thing. I mean, Jalen Waddle seems like he's at his side. Gasecki, the tight end room there at Florida Panther games, beating my caps. You know, yeah. all these <laughs> things that are out there. But, like, I love to see that. I love to see that camaraderie because I don't think that existed here well, yeah, in a I, long time. Well, that's, uh, what, you know, that's what it feels. It feels like there's an authenticity that wasn't here. I'll give you a perfect example. Last year, remember when um, we were in the – was it the offseason? It was the offseason. Remember the Watson talk was rampant, and um, Flores said that he had lunch with Tua. You remember that? Yep. Mm-hmm. I know I confirmed from Tua's camp. Like, while Flores was still our head coach, that that never happened. And, okay, so we get that. Then this offseason, you hear, oh, you know, Tua says, you know, I told Mike McDaniel, you know, I'm hanging out with the guys, and he's actually, you know, he's kind of disappointed. He wants to hang out with us. And we're all like, oh, you know, that's just the coach. But then you actually see him out there with them, and it's like, no, Mike McDaniel is probably disappointed he didn't get asked to hang out with all the boys. Like, it, it's a totally different, like, authenticity, like, down to, like, even what they're saying in, in media availabilities is more believable. It seems it seems like they've kind of been given the green light. You know what? Be yourself. Don't well, say stupid stuff, but be yourself. Here's the thing. There was always this notion that there had to be this separation between the coaches and the players, right, for the longest yeah. time in football, right? Yep. But what has been proven over time has always been that when a coach can understand – and really, truly gel on a personal level with his players. Those players play harder. Yep. They trust and believe in any and everything that the coach says, and they go out and they execute it to the best of their ability because they know that he's also going to have their backs when their back's against the wall. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what he's building now. He didn't come in pointing fingers and hellfire and brimstone. I'm going to treat you as a man. I want you to treat me as a man. This is what we're here to accomplish. I have a job to do. You have a job to do. But let's have fun while we do it. Let's build a relationship of trust and respect and honesty because we're going to need that because there's going to be some dark times ahead possibly. Right? When the bullets start flying, you got to believe in the guys next to you and the guys that are giving you instructions, bro. bro. Yeah. Yeah. These guys going to battle, bro, together. So they got to trust each other, man. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys remember when the experts were saying that Miami was no longer going to be a destination due to the Brian Flores thing? And then Tyreek Hill said, you know what? I want to be a Dolphin, right? Yeah. yeah, Debo Samuels working behind the scenes to angle himself into Miami. 
And this is all after Mike Taron Armstead. Hired. Taron Armstead took a contract way less way. than us anticipated. Reason you and I were five million dollars off, and that doesn't happen often. No, right? Yeah. Like I like they like this team has a chemistry that feels unique. It feels special, and it's what great teams have. And you know, look, we haven't played it down yet, uh, but I have a better feeling about this team right now than I ever did about any other Miami Dolphin teams under Brian Flores. Ever. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying, though. I said for me, man, it's hard. The hardest part for me right now is tempering. Like, yeah, keeping my keeping my because I've been let down. I mean, I've been a fan of this team since '77, bro. You feel me? <laughs> right. So. Yeah, a long time, but and I, dude, my excitement look. level is here, but I just refuse to let the cap come off and just be over the top because I'm still a football. I'm still a football head, and I need to see the football play right. And the I, Russell looks amazing, but I want to see the X's and O's executed on the field. Once I see that, yeah, I'm back. And what's crazy is, I think my three most painful sports moments are. Dolphin moments. Um, the loss in the AFC Championship to Jim Kelly. I remember sitting with my dad crying. Uh, I guess the Chargers, the Miss Field Goal. I remember. I remember. I remember. Yeah, but like we were supposed to win these, man. Like the '94 one, we should have. Well, bro, if we if, if if they would have went to the Super Bowl '94, they would have won that shit, bro. And then. Um, and then Marino's last game. Oh, last game. Uh, yeah. Marino's. Jack I cried, Walsh. man, when when Jags. Mark Brunel did what he did to us. And and, he did us dirty. And that was the first ever game my stepdad, who now has Alzheimer's, that's the first ever football game he watched with me. Was yeah, the Marino game, and I remember being like, "Oh man, it did it us just, dirty, bro." The pain, you know what I mean. And yet, as a Penguins fan, I felt like. You know, five Stanley Cups, jubilation in my lifetime. You know, back to back World Series as a Jays fan. Hell. The Raptors have seen a championship. Before. I never thought I would ever say the Raptors <laughs> were going to see a, an NBA championship before the Miami Dolphins. Never would have thought that, man. And man, I just feel like we deserve. We we've earned through through blood, sweat, and tears as just a fan base. We've it's earned tough to get success, there, man. It is tough to get there. Oh yeah, dude. This like is the most physically demanding sport on the planet, and. We're due. You're right. We're due. Well, and let me just... ask a question to Richmond real quick. Because Richmond, you played with Dan Marino. You guys had a great team. So, like you had to have years where you thought you guys that was your year. You had to have those. Like I, there was times where I, you know, as a fan, like I was sitting there, like this is going to be Marino's year. He's going to get the ring. I don't have to hear about the Troy Aikman bullcrap anymore. Like there were so many years where I thought that. And look, I'm a Dolphins fan, and I'm the first to admit when it comes to it, I I can be a big homer at times. I love this team, and I think with my heart and my head, and sometimes my heart wins. But there was times that that, that Dolphins roster with Marino and you guys, like you and Keith Sims holding down the line, you know, we couldn't find always the perfect running back, you know, but we guys were productive. We had receivers come in. Mark Ingram, Irvin Fryer have big careers. I, I, there had to be years where you were like, "This is going to be it." Oh, ain't no question. And reason brought up some bad memories. All those games he mentioned, I was a part of. Them, so, but <laughs> it, it wasn't intentionally. But just you know, the the Jacksonville game, the San Diego game, and then I think the the tough one was like like you said, we played in the AFC championship. And I think the thing that was really tough was for me was one, it was Buffalo, but two, we were at home 
and we were, you know, right in Miami. And I think to lose that game, that was tough. And then the the other season that I felt really good about, and I think it was, uh, it had to be maybe 92, somewhere in there. I can't remember, but anyway, we went like 92 and we played um, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. And that was the Leon Litt. I remember that. Yeah, in the snow. And uh, we were 9-2. We beat Dallas that game. And due to injuries, we only had to win one more game to make it in the playoffs. And we lost like five lost games. Five games. Yeah. So that's why when I talk about it, I know you can have the players, but injuries sometimes can really play a factor in, you know, situations like that. But um, I think the one that really, really hurt the, – the Jacksonville game was bad, but I think – Getting that close to it and losing to Buffalo because you just want you win that game you're in there and never having a chance to experience that, I think that was the toughest one for me. How did Stojanovich make it out of the locker room after the loss? (laughs) (laughs) We didn't, you know. I don't blame me. I know all y'all looking at him like this. This 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 guy got one job. One job, bro. <laughs> no, but that's the most and, and, pressure-packed job oh, yeah, on the for field. Sure, yeah, for sure, for it's, sure. It's, it's pressure, but, but then you, know, you go back. You go back through the game, and you can look and see it wasn't just that play. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. plays we could have. But I mean, but you're right. It's just so magnified at the end of the game. You got to kick a field goal or whatever to win, and, yeah. and you don't make it. I think that's that's a tough part. I mean, I've always said when we yeah. when I do the live streams and live reaction to games. If it comes down to one play and you and you don't that play doesn't go in your favor, you didn't do enough to win the game if it comes down to one play. Right. You know what I mean? Like you basically put it into a 50-50 chance. Um, Richmond, I just want to get your thoughts because I got their thoughts. The Dolphins are gonna travel the fourth most distance of any NFL team. And I mean, you've gone down the NFL road. Does that like traveling over twenty five thousand miles by the end of the season, does that add up at all? Uh, sometimes the West Coast trips are tough, but but like Neil said, with them being back to back, the good thing is they can just stay over, and and you got two weeks at that. I, I think the the tough part was adjusting to the to the time time change. You know, it's three hours different, and you'll wake up a lot earlier than you know than you will over here. And I'm sure it's it's hard on West Coast teams when they got to come to the East Coast, but um, just. I think that's one of the toughest things, but the jet lag and stuff can sometimes get to you. But um, normally, what we would do typically on a West Coast trip, we would go out two days early. I know with Coach Shula, so if we played on Sunday, we would leave Friday instead of leaving on Saturday, and it gives you a little bit more just about. I think that two days, sometimes going out a couple of days early, did did help. At least it felt like it helped me because it gave me a day to kind of adjust. Um. A question: How much? A uh, question here: How much will Miami show in three preseason games, scheme wise, or will they save it for the first four games? Like, I personally don't. They're, they're not going to start opening the playbook, especially. You know, we only got three games, and the last game, especially, is going to be backups fighting for spots. So it's going to be we're going to be talking like the basics here. Um, I mean, you'll see like you know basic packages but you're not going to see like crazy sub packages and you know you're not going to see dot ruby and diamond defenses strutting out here you know what i mean um what are you guys thoughts preseason waste of time man <laughs> exactly why why would you show your hand because yeah. all it does is give other teams time to prepare for what you're going to do and and this and that yeah look you look good in preseason you go undefeated but those games don't count so 
you get in the, the regular season starts, you've shown everything you can do, and now you're struggling. You don't surprise anybody. And then everybody, fans, like, what the hell is wrong with the team? Y'all just, you know, did this that You showed your whole hand. So um, you got to be able to play a little poker. Like like you said, it's basic defense, no, not too much blitz packages, not too many of your personnel on offense, this and that, what you're going to do. It's just – it doesn't make sense. And – uh, I can remember we would take that time preparing for uh, preseason. A lot of time we would we would take each week we work on the first game we were playing. So, say New England, even though whoever we got preseason that first week, we spent a day working on just New England stuff. The next week we we'd add another day, so we would we would get extra practices for what we thought they were going to do the first game. So we would be really prepared for the first game to, right. to try to jump out and get that W. That makes more sense. I don't look at the preseason. That that, that yeah, I don't care about preseason. You remember last year when they played the Falcons and Jalen Waddle was down on the field and we were all sitting there with our stomachs and our throats worried that he might have had a significant injury. Like I, I hate the preseason. Like I, I'll be honest. Like I, I I I would rest as many key players as possible. Get some of the younger players some work. But like I, I wouldn't show much. I wouldn't play much. I, yeah. I would you know. A series or two. I, I would treat on the cusp. Every, yeah. I would treat every preseason game in today's world like the last one. Uh, you know, maybe give your starters a series or two, but like I don't see a lot of good. They practice hard in the summer, they put a lot of effort in. These guys are professionals, they've been playing football their whole life. Sure, they need time to gel in chemistry, but I think there's more wrong that can happen, more harm than good. Like you go trash a team in the play in the preseason, who cares, right? Yeah. The stats don't carry over, the wind doesn't carry over. But if you lose a starter, that matters. So I, I I treat these like they're the dress rehearsal. Let's get everyone healthy, break a little bit of a sweat, get some Gatorade, sit on the bench, let some of these young guys audition for other teams and fight for the last roster spot. That's it. The last that's part it. of it is that's it. Let them let the guys that are fighting for a job go out and play these games. Do you guys put a lot of uh, stock in strength of schedule, or do you guys look at it as, hey, that that opponent win percentage is from last year? Because um, the Dolphins are actually, you know, last year, remember, we were third, I believe, right? Third or second or third in strength of schedule. Like, yeah. you know, and this year we're down to 21. Um, you know, our, our opponent's combined record last year is under 500. Um, what, what are you guys' overall thoughts? Because, I mean, obviously additions happen. Um, but what are you guys' overall thoughts on the whole strength of schedule concept? But when you think about how the how the playoffs ended, right, in terms of the teams that made the playoffs, right, those teams are arguably the better teams on both sides of the bracket, right, AFC to NFC. But then there's there's a really good grouping on both sides where teams are pretty even, right? And I would think across the board that um, there's maybe at best like six teams out of all 32 that just are just – Ah, don't worry about them, but everybody else is pretty competitive. Yeah. So the strength of schedule thing for me, I don't really factor it in because you got to get prepared to play who we all want to schedule anyway. Sure didn't yeah. even. So if you're going out thinking to yourself, oh, well, okay, these guys, nah, they're not that good. Those are the games that you really get to, you know, the, 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 the team winds up, get to, get yeah. to, you know what I'm saying, get your shit yeah. pushed in. You know what I mean? And then. <laughs> <laughs> this man just said. So you can't. So you can't take any. You can't take any team um, lightly. Yeah. So strength of schedule. I treat them all as if they're the top tier teams, and you just yeah. go out and execute and do your best 
in every game. You have to do it exactly. that way. If you look, if you any look given at Sunday. Yeah. You're right, man. If you keep that mentality of any given Sunday, anyone can beat anyone on Sunday. Treat everyone like they made it to the Super Bowl last year. Yep. You know what I mean? Um. All right. So, I and I, I, Richmond, I I can guarantee U.S. players did not even look at strength schedule. Just looked at the roster. Said, "Let's go get it." Um, yeah. Are you I, got, you, go ahead. Yeah, you don't. I mean, you can look at it, but you really can't. Um, and it changes week to week, kind of like ball game said. Um, and, and, and at any given week, you can get beat. You know, some team that's zero fifteen. You don't want to get beat by that team, but they'll come out and look like Super Bowl champs one, and you'd be like, "What happened the other previous fifteen weeks or whatever?" So, uh, I think preparation is the key, and don't underestimate underestimate anybody. You know, sometimes you might look and say, "Okay, if they got a bunch of key guys out that's normally starters or whatever, and they're kind of, you know, limping into the game like a wounded duck or something," you might say, "Well, let's go ahead and just take care of business because if we go ahead and apply the pressure and take them out the game early." Don't we'll have any any problems out of it? But yeah, you you got to prepare as if it doesn't matter who you playing. You got to prepare week in week out for that. Boys, I got to ask you guys a question. You take a look at the schedule, and we know as fans and even players, they do it. Which games, when you look at the schedule initially, are you circling? Because I, you know, I, I sit here and I look at, <coughs> I mean. There's there's three games that really pop off to me that I'm circling, and that's the Bengals. Um, actually, four: the Bengals, the Steelers. Sorry, Flo. Um, the, the 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 Browns, hoping Watson's there and we can give them the work. And the Packers. Uh, well, yeah, I guess five Packers, but the Chargers too. Oh, you man. know what I mean? Um, you know, I guess you're right. Add the Packers; those would be the five games that'd be really even the Ravens. You got to circle that one a little bit because remember last time they met us in the first two weeks when they met us in week one a couple years ago, they shellacked us. So you know, I mean, we'll be circling those ones. Um, but I mean, what what are the games you guys look at and you're like, man, this is going to be like must see TV for my Dolphins. I, I think it's I, I, the, I, I'm sorry, I was going to say it's the Bills. No, no, no. The Bills game, what Josh Allen has done to the Dolphins in his eight starts, he's yeah, embarrassed man. us. Yeah, the, the division goes through them, they're going to be the Super Bowl favorites. Uh, that game, we have to win one of the games against Buffalo this year. Yep. We, have to. we have to get that taste out of our mouth. I, I'm looking at week three on the road because if you could go steal one on the road from them, that home game's a lot more fun. And you know, look, we can't run from the fact. No quarterback in football has had more success against another team than Josh Allen has had against the Dolphins. If I'm a Miami Dolphin player and I'm on that defense, I'm sitting in the locker room saying, look, we know what this dude does. We got to go and hit him. Do you think we got him right where we want? Because that's week three and that'll be the dead heat of September in Miami. Well, we're in Buffalo. Buffalo. No, we're in in Buffalo week 15. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You're right. The home. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I, I just think we got to win the game. I like. I don't even care where we are, man. Like, I like what they've done to us is embarrassing. Sean McDermott's a hell of a good coach, and I, you know, I, I think what's hurt us is that our defense in one of those games last year held, 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 and then the offense just kept putting them in bad positions. I'm circling them, but I also think you're right on the Burrow game because, like, look, if you're a player and you have pride, like we're Dolphins fans. 
Like, I want Tua to be better than Herbert and Burrow. I, I'm not going to sit here. And, and we missed it in the rookie year, remember, Neil? Because uh, Burrow got hurt. Burrow got hurt. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's on prime time. You know, everyone's going to be talking about that. That's going to be the pregame video show as Burrow and Tua came out in the same draft. Like, all that's going to be the talk. And if Tua goes up on that show and puts up a statement game, because those are statement games, and those games matter, right? Because that's what everyone tracks back when they're talking about, you know, at the end of the year. Because like, here's the thing, right? We, we forgot about this. When Tua played Herbert, the Dolphins won, and Tua outplayed Herbert. Oh, yep. yeah. But we don't yep. we don't talk about that. Like it's yep. it's okay. But I, I think you had a lot of good games on that schedule. Um, you know, I, I think the Texans probably got us circled because of how bad we fleeced them in all of these trades and have put their <laughs> franchise in, in a hellacious position hellacious position. But I mean the schedule is fun, man. I think it's a fun schedule. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Neil. Uh, I, I I mean I like the other games, I like the primetime games. Um, I think ball game and reasons, uh, like you said, the, the Joe Burrow to a matchup, they're going to hike that up. And then also with uh, Herbert out and with the Chargers, this and that. But um, the road goes through Buffalo. And I know the most important thing that, that we were always talking about was win the division, win the division. Right now, Buffalo is the top dog and you got to go through them. So, um, like you said, come out week three. We got them at home. You know, if you can win that one, um, I, I think that makes a huge statement to let them know, hey, we're not laying down. It's not the same uh, Miami Dolphin team you've really had a lot of success against. Even if, you know, you play well, just knowing that we're going to match your level of play and intensity. You score, we score. It just reminds me of uh, when I think about some of those quarterback matchups when we would play like Denver and it was Marino Elway or we would go against – Buffalo, and it was Jim Kelly um, against Dan Marino, this and that. It was I, – I, I can't say it, but I think Dan definitely got hyped from that, especially with somebody in that quarterback class. I think when he came out in 83, it was six quarterbacks won the first round, and a lot of them turned out to be pretty good. So um, I think those games will be good because they're prime time, and it will give national exposure. You're the only team playing, and uh, definitely helps as far as – you know, if you play well in those games, uh, you'll probably see a lot of our, our players have an opportunity to make all pro or make the Pro Bowl and all that because everybody needs to see you play. Everybody watching them. Yeah, everybody watching them and stuff like that. But uh, winning the division is definitely key. But um, it I think we go five and one in this division. I, I really do. Okay, I think I think we lose. The Buffalo on the road in, uh, you know, okay, I'll give you that. I think we beat the the Patriots on the road. You know, I I I, I think we go. Uh, sorry, I, I think we go five and one in this division. I really honestly believe this thing. I like, argue I, with you on that. Boy, that's I, important. I, I that's important. Really, we need to. Yeah, I, boy, that. I, I think there's a realistic chance we might walk into Thursday yeah. night football three and zero. There is a realistic chance. I honestly think at worst we're walking in there at two and one. I got even a hotter take than that. Go. I think the Dolphins are going to finish 12 and five and win the division. He just took my thing. Sweet. Well, no, as long as we all share it. I was sitting here counting the losses that I thought we were taking. I only could see five. So I, I'm at 12 and five. Save it, so save it, so, save it for the know. preseason roundtable, boys, when we do yeah. our predictions. <laughs> 
Yeah. When, I, when I get that I'm little fancy eight. graphic for all of us with when we pick winners and losers. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I'm not going to act like, uh, you know, the Steelers game is going to be a layup. That defense is tough. But, like, who is it going to be, Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett? Like, I, I, honestly, I, I really could care less. Well, like, well, You know what I said to myself, boys? Worst case scenario. Let's If you start off this season two and two and you also split the final four, right? Again, you look at the middle of the schedule from the Jets to the Bills, and look at how many games you see that are winnable there. Like, yeah. you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven must, seven should wins. I counted. You know, I- I'm going to count the Jets, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Lions, uh, the the Bears, the Texans, and the Niners. Those Niners. are should win games. Look at, I mean, that's you win if you start off, you know. Between two and two start and two and two finish, so that's four and four. You win another of those seven. That's I mean, 11 and, uh, eleven and six. I think I eleven mean, and six is the floor. I think that's yeah, the floor. That's and, what you do. That's what you need to get in. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the schedule's great. I mean, I look. I'm a draft nerd. I've already started looking and, and did a 2023 mock draft. And my top five, I had the Commanders as the worst team in football. But then I had the Lions, the Bears, the Texans, and the Jets right after them. And we play them all <laughs> in a period of time. So you know, I, I, like and San I just, Fran like, could struggle this year bad, Neil. Oh, I, look, Debo Samuel, the honeymoon is over there. Who knows what happens there with him? I, they're going to go with Trey Lance. I, we've all read the reports that Trey Lance hasn't looked what they expected of him. I mean, it's always tough with a rookie quarterback going in. They lost Tomlinson on the line. I mean, I, there's a lot. A there's lot a lot to like about this schedule, and, and I and I think the good thing is that that middle, you know, like we went on a seven game or eight game losing streak and a seven game winning streak last year, and this, it was tougher than this group that we got to face. Right. If there's more balance to the schedule, you see yes. more kind of, um, you know, more parity, like like the Lions, the Bears, like, you know, who knows? Like, I, honestly, the, the the Browns game is one that like that could be Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> oh, please be Jacoby Brissett. I'm praying. Now, I, I want it to be Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, I want to I see the best that they have to offer, man. Yeah, I want Watson. I, I want. Oh, I no, want I just I just want I just want Jacoby Brissett. So Tua can show firsthand you started this guy over me, Flores. Right. But hey, if we go whoop Sean Watson, I ain't gonna cry either because then I can rub it in in all the Watson Waters faces too. God, so. so you're telling me Brian Flores is coming win, win. prime time into Miami with the Steelers. That, I mean, that is awesome, bro. I I just wish I was a fly on the wall for that first defensive meeting between players and position coaches. You know the eye contact between him and, and the guys in the back end saying to themselves, and they holding his hand up and he's saying, "How are we going to defend them, coach?" Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, their corners are awful. I mean, are you, are you exactly. guys? I, I know we all exactly. like. I, I know we all stressed about the difference between Sunday night football, and Monday night football, but Monday night football is Monday night football. Are you guys disappointed? There's no Monday night football game this year. Sure, I'd like to have one. I thought we should have three primetime games. Well, you know that Jets game. Did you guys, if you guys read that Jets game and that Bills game, week fifteen and week eighteen, they are uh, to be determined. So yeah, that, that they could be Saturday places. games, right? They could be Saturday games. Saturday games. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you could get a prime, you could get a primetime Saturday game, I guess, right? Yep. So I mean. The way to get more Monday nighters next year is to handle your business this year. The you Dolphins put a good go product. Nine and one. 
listen, the Dolphins go nine and one until the bye week. It's the casual's gonna change around a bit. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> they go they gonna make some of these games available so people can start because you know, at the end of the day, they're gonna always be looking for the hot ticket, right? And they're gonna always be looking for viewership too. So yeah, there's been a lot of speculation around this kid. So if he's out here tearing it up, I, I believe he will. They're gonna want to show him as much as possible. Well, especially if we're it. neck and neck with the Bills, Bills. come week 15, they'll flex yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. the TB determined gives us uh, even more Sunday night options. Right. That's Sunday night. You could be flexing Sunday night on those days. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, man, I, I just can't wait for September, boys. Me either. Look at this. September 1st. The 11th? Oh, we're yeah, starting yeah, off on 9 11. Starting off 9 11. Someone's going to have yeah. to call the police when we're done <laughs> with the New England Patriots. That's what I'm saying. Hey. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, man, you guys. Uh, you know, we're already uh, about an hour and five minutes in here. Um, your guys, your guys' um, thoughts? I mean, any thoughts on uh, you know Tom Brady getting three hundred and seventy-five million dollars? I mean, and essentially killing any notion that people wanted to talk about him becoming a dolphin after he leaves the Bucks because he'll be running to that thirty-seven and a half million dollar a year gig. That'll be for sure. Um, and uh, you know. Uh, okay, one thing I did want to talk about before we get out of here. The Sony Michelle edition. We touched on it earlier, Neil. Uh, what are your guys feeling on this edition? Because he's a guy who quietly had over a thousand all purpose yards. Nine hundred and twenty-five of them were on the ground for the Rams last year. Um, other than that year where he was injured, you know, he had nine hundred over not over a thousand uh, all purpose yards uh two years before that, right? Cause he was injured the year before that. And then as a rookie, we all remember how good he was as a rookie He had over 1200 yards on the ground, tore up the playoffs as a rookie. Um, what are you guys thoughts on Michelle? Because I look at it this way, boys, Raheem Moser, the home run hitter, Chase Edmonds from the 20 to 20 receiving chunk yardage guy. Once you get inside that 20, you need a guy to run inside those gaps wherever in the, on the field. Now you got Sony Michelle. We've got all three phases figured out with three different backs. And that's why I say if this committee stays healthy. I mean, you could get, you know, top 12 production from them combined. Uh, what are your guys thoughts now on the, kind of this, this running back room being rounded out a little bit more and who's y'all running back for Salvin Ahmed or miles Gaskin. Cause this could spend the end of miles Gaskin because I mean, let's remember Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan. They drafted Salvin Ahmed. One of the first moves this new regime, in fact, the first move this new regime did when they came into power was they tendered Salvin Ahmed. So, what are your guys' thoughts on um, who's who wins this running back four battle and how this running back room is shaping up with the addition of Sony Michelle? I think the I think the the key is going to be the guy that can be the most consistent in the pass catching game um, because um, short of um, running prowess. Neither Ahmed or um, Gaskin are really the guys that you want to lean on. But, you know, um, all of the backs that we have are really good pass catchers out the backfield. So they bring that element. I just think whoever makes the least amount of mistakes between Gaskin and, you know, and Ahmed. And Ahmed gives you a different type of burst, though. Yeah, right? that's like, what it is, he, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he's definitely a lot 
more explosive when he puts when you know when he puts his foot in the ground and he's getting upfield. So that's the conundrum ball game. Gaskin has better vision, yep. but Ahmed's clearly the more explosive, explosive guy, runner. right? Yep. yep. So as, I mean, but it, what? Well, nothing. It's not. It's gonna be nothing short of exciting, though, bro. Like mm. this is a problem that you want to have, right? Like legitimately now at this point, our fourth fourth guy on the depth chart. Somebody could be going somewhere love else, it. and the guy that stays is still going to be able to contribute. I love it, man. In some what, form and fashion, possibly. So, I love yeah. it. What are you guys' thoughts, you Richmond Neal? Go ahead, Richmond. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, my, my my thoughts are um, I agree with you know some of the the uh, points that ball game made, but the other thing I look at is you add in Sony Michelle, so you can like you said, you kind of look at his past history, running for twelve hundred or at least being you know total yards a thousand yards a season. But when you come into a situation like this with the the weapons we have with the wide receiver and then having three backs that you can rotate, everybody should stay fresh. So it's not like you got a running back that's a workhorse to say, well, if, yeah, we got Sonny Michelle, but we're probably going to run him until, you know, he gets injured. You got three guys you continually rotate to keep everybody fresh. And I, I, I think that's – I think – all of them kind of do different things, but they all do things well. Like I say, all of them are great catchers, but one's more explosive. One might have better vision, and one is just, you know, in between the tackles, maybe run hard or this and that. It just creates more problems for a defense, just depending on who's out there. So uh, I like the addition. I think that um, Coach McDaniel will maximize, you know, all three running backs. I think some some games – some guys get a little bit more played than others. Whoever's a hot hand, you know, they, they're going to stick with it. But like ball game said, that's a great problem to have. So I like it. I think he's definitely going to be uh, a valuable asset to this team. And Neil, Alec Engel leading the way. They ran sure. They ran with a lead block over 44% of the time last year under Mike McDaniel and San Fran. That's another stud in the backfield. I mean, what are you thinking, bro? I know you love, You have touched on it earlier. I know you like the Sony Michelle edition. Yeah, I, I think Sonny Michelle is the best of the three, actually. But I think all three of the names you mentioned would be our starter last year. All three of them are better players than Miles Gaskin. Mm. And when you talk about who the odd man out is, look, Miles Gaskin has a $2.5 million cap hit, and he probably has some trade value. You might be able to get a fifth or sixth for a running back needy team for Miles Gaskin, a team like the Giants, who's got Saquon Barkley, but he's been no damaged goods there, right? So maybe that's a good trade spot for him. I think that you're, they're going to ride the hot hand. I'm going to stay away from Dolphins running backs in fantasy football because yeah, I agree. I think their touches are going to be <laughs> diversified. But yeah. I, I think we're get, it's a good problem to have because, like again, Mostert, Michelle, Edmonds would have all been our number one running back last year, and they're all on the same team. And I really like it from this angle that it's going to give defensive coordinators a harder time to prepare for us because they all have different running styles. And, and – you know, I, I think it's pretty unique to have, and the investment. And in, I mean, Sonny Michelle was only two point one million dollars, and I say only, but in NFL money, I mean that's a bargain. And look at look what he did for the Rams down the stretch in their yep. run. I mean, with Cam Akers went down. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought he was an unbelievable player down the stretch for them. Um, the running back situation in Miami is a really, really good thing. Uh, good value, you know what I mean? Like not just good players, but really good value when you yeah. look at the position. I this offense as a whole. Gets me really excited. Check your pulse, Neil. Listen. The only thing, and like I said, <laughs> the one move I would make is Trevor. to go out there and lock up JC Treader. Let me ask you this: Would you lock him down for one year as a gap guy? A gap guy? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think because if you get him for one year, you're going to get a bargain on him, maybe one year, five, six million dollars, and he's a better player than that. Um, you know, it, it's it's ironic that a player who's graded out as a top three center in football back to back years is on the market. But if you think about this, because like I think Michael Dieter's a serviceable player. Mm-hmm. I think JC Treader's a Pro Bowl type of player. If you go left to right, Taron Armstead, Connor Williams, JC Treader, Robert Hunt, and then the best man wins between Eichenberg and Austin Jackson. That's, that's a line. that's a good line, man. And that's yeah, a better. I mean, was it RG3 that said it today, like in Tua's defense? Like, you know, everyone was questioned about Tua throwing the deep ball. They had the 32nd rank line. Last year's Miami Dolphins offensive line was the worst I remember ever seeing as a Dolphins fan. I agree. And and we thought 2019 was like historically bad. Remember, all yeah. of us were like 2019 was historically the worst we've seen. <laughs> Somehow, Brian Flores with two more years and a lot more draft capital managed to top it. I, I was I was telling oh, Richmond, Jesus. tell me your cleat size, buddy. I'll send you some cleats. We gotta get your ass out there. Let's go. I was tired to see what was going on out there, but no, in all honesty, like. Karen Armstead's a pro. He's going to help the younger guys get better. Yeah. I don't think Connor Williams is going to play center. I think they're going to get smart and play yeah. with Carter. I think they're going to. I think that was just emergency. Through. We have no depth at center right now. That's all they're doing. And that's why, like, if Michael Dieter is your swing center slash guard, beautiful. Um, and then you have Eichenberg at right tackle, and you know who knows what happens to Solomon Kinley. I mean, like the guy showed promise at one point, but like if the line is, if you get Treader, it's hard to find a weakness on this roster. Yeah. Period. I, I hope Jason Sanders goes back to what he was two years ago because two years ago he was the best kicker in football for that season. I'm not saying he's better than Justin Tucker, but for that season he was great. Last year he was atrocious. I think he's going to get better to that form, and then we have a you know a better punter. I mean, all in all, this is a strong team. If Tua takes the step, and I'm betting on him, you know, the question I have about Tua is what's his ring finger size? Because I think in the next three years, the dude's going to be hosting up, hoisting up a Lombardi. And I'm not just saying that. I think in the next three years, the Miami Dolphins are going to win a Super Bowl. So if, if we have fans that want to get hyped, I believe that. I think we have unbelievable draft capital. I think Debo Samuel is going to be a possibility in the offseason as well. I think this Miami Dolphin football team is going to be a problem for years to come. It's not just going to be this year. And the one thing that I, I eat crow on because – Maybe Brian Flores is part of the problem, but Chris Greer had a vision. And we all want instant results, but we got we got to remember how bad the Dolphins were when Chris Greer took this situation over. Yeah. He, he got the roster better. He hit a home run with Holland, Waddle, and Phillips. This year in the offseason, I mean, do we have can you guys remember a better offseason than we had? Tyreek Hill, Taron Armstead, and Cedric Wilson, this running back situation. Getting X happy. I mean, come on, this has been awesome. He hit on Wilkins too. Wilkins, uh, yeah, Wilkins yeah, is an Minka Wilkins was it? Yeah, I mean, I mean he man. drafted X was his first draft too, boys. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not gonna lie, my favorite Simpson was always Homer, man. But I, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. About- <laughs> 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 I, I, I look, I, I say 12 and five. I think we're gonna win a playoff game this year, and that's important, right? Like, I don't want to just go. Yeah. I want right. to win a playoff. Win game. one, yeah. And we can, and, and we. I mean, you look at the, this. You know, there's it's gonna be a crowded race for the playoffs. So the Dolphins have to stay disciplined. They have to get to 11 wins. There's no way you want to miss at 10 and seven again. You don't want to get to that again. You gotta win one of those games that you're not supposed to win. The game I'm looking at is the Green Bay Packers because you're at home. I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's unbelievable. I hate what he's throwing to this year. I don't think he's fully happy there. He's getting older. 
The, if you remember a few years, we had him on the ropes a few years back, and then he – Tannehill, remember? remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Andrew Quarles called a game-winning touchdown pass against us, and we let him off the ropes. We, yeah, we gave him 52 seconds, and he drove down the field, bro. I was so bitter. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. I was, was so bad. Prevent, we had them beat, cut off bro. At a bar. I got cut off because I was getting so drunk. I, yeah, I, I was, I was pissed that game. I remember that game. But but that's a game that I think we can win that the you know the outside world would say would be an upset. But, like, I think that's a very winnable game for us. And, and like, you know, the games that scare me, you know, let's be – like, we see what we like. The games that scare me the most are Buffalo because of the track record. And, and Josh Allen's good. Boys, the, the only games that scare me are, are – are New England and Buffalo in the snow in uh, at the end of the schedule? Other than I'm, that, I'm, I'm like, everything's winnable here. I'm not necessarily scared about Buffalo in the snow because if you look at how they're built, they're not even built for the snow. Yeah, you know, what I mean, they just have okay. to play in it because that's where they're from, but they're not even really built for it. So that's a winnable game up there for me. The, 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 the reason why be to neutralize the, Josh Allen and. Everything else the the reason why I say that is because whether you're a Dolphin fan or a Raider fan or whatever, anything can happen when the snow hits the ground. That's why I don't – I like – if those are going to be clear, just crisp days, and you're going to say, hey, Reason, don't worry. They're going to be clear. They're going to be brisk. They're going to be brisk and crisp, clear days. We're good to go. But the, the, the fact that I don't know what's going to be on the ground, that's what worries me. New England doesn't scare me anymore, man. I got to be honest; like th- their roster does not scare me. I, I, well, like, I don't Bella, Belichick go. that deep, I, that deep into the season, seeing us for the second time, he's gonna have a few things up his sleeve for our defense. I can get. I got all the respect in the world. I got all the respect in the world for. Yeah, hey, Tua owns him. What, what can I tell y'all? <laughs> Tua is the daddy of the New England Patriots. I don't there know is always saying. a passing of the torch at some point, and. There's nothing out here that makes me believe that the torch can't be passed to us. So yeah, I mean their offensive line took a step back. Shaq Mason's gone. Yeah. I mean, you know Isaiah Wynn never p- turned out to be the All Pro. They was he was more of a guard than a tackle. They draft Cole Strange at 29. Look, Hunter Henry's a good football player. What they have at receiver doesn't really scare me. I, I I question Mac Jones. I'm not gonna lie, and they lost their best player in J. Well, see, I'm not worried about Mac. See, again, this is why I'd be worried if the snow's on the ground. They're gonna take the ball out of Mac Jones' hand. They're gonna do what they do best: run the football. And we haven't seen us. Hey, we haven't. Again, one of those things. There's a few things we're all gonna wait on and hold our breath on to see our team prove this season. How we stop the run? Early. Is once again. <laughs> re- Ball game is that not a recurring theme? These since me and you have been on YouTube, yeah, that is literally been a recurring theme every time we end the season. So if they're going to show me early on they can stop the run, let's we'll take the ball. Let Max whack whack Jones throw three times. Right. I'm I'm cool with that. But I mean they got a pretty good backfield, and that's one thing I will say. They know how to play defense and know how to run the ball. But if that's a clear day. And we, and we got no weather conditions, and Tua can step back, and Tyreek and Waddle can have their way with that thing they call a secondary in New England right now. It's gonna be a problem. Then I then I'm good. That's a, a word. I'm see. I'm. It's the weather conditions that worry me more about the Bills and the New England games more so than the teams. And it's not even because I think Tua sucks in cold weather. First of all, our whole team sucked in cold weather, not just one player, but. It's the thing of anything can happen. You talk about any given Sunday, 
when snow's on the ground, it's really any given Sunday. That's all real different when it's when yeah. it's cold and wet. Yeah. yeah, that's fumbles on punt returns can cost you games. Kick returns, like stupid stuff starts happening when the flakes start falling. You know what I mean? Well, speaking about stopping the run, one name that the Dolphins were flirting with that's been rumored is Akeem Hicks, Love who, it. Is, who is a Pro Bowl player for the Bears. I don't know what his price tag is going to be, but I, do like, it. if it's reasonable, like we I still do. have what? Are we still, are we still at like 19, 20 million in cap space? Yeah, I think we're, yeah, we're on 19, I think. Yeah, I do it. I, I mean, I do it. 100%. You look, cause, cause here's the thing like, I him think and Treader, you're done. Well, we have a little bit more veteran presence to this team with Armstead and Tyreek Hill coming in. I, I my one of my complaints about the Dolphins last year is how young we were. You know, we were very young. Oh. Like Landon Roberts was a good veteran who I thought was a good leader. But like I, I think adding a couple veterans to this team right now is not a bad idea. And Akeem Hicks, a JC Treader, guys that have been there before. Like they're good football players that still probably got some gas in the tank. But what they do is they help groom those young players, right? Like experience, like I, man. I, I think it's. I think they should make it. Akeem's versatile play. along that front. Akeem, oh, he, he can play nice. anything along that front too, right? Yeah, yeah, he's so, a good player. Yeah. What did you guys think? Are you guys are you guys intrigued at all about adding another edge depth guy in a Melvin Ingram or a Carlos Dunlap? Let Jalen Phillips play. Yeah, oh that's no, that's what, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not denying that. But behind Phillips and AVG, the depth is kind of. We're we're talking about slim pickings here, is what I'm saying. I think they should. I think they should focus with the way the, the game is going. Should go get go ahead and pick up Bradbury and be done. I think he's gonna want too much money. I think how much you think he's talking, dude? I've heard like, dude, I've heard someone was throwing on numbers on on Twitter two days ago, like fifteen million dollars. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, I was like, what that. are we talking about right now for James Bradbury? Yeah, we, we good on that. Yeah, we definitely get on that. <laughs> um. So, any final thoughts, guys? It's exciting times, man. I think um, the expectations like, are so like real. Like Neil said, the experience. What we added is a lot of key experience and key places where, like our biggest one of our biggest gripes last year, the reason was who these guys talking to when they went to the sidelines and they was getting their butts kicked up front on the O line. Right now they got a guy. Now we have a guy, two guys actually that when they get flustered and go to the sideline, you know. Coach didn't help them last year, but they got coaches now, and they have two veterans that really know and and understand what's happening. That they can actually get these got these get these guys calm down and figure out best way to help them. So when the next series they go out there, they don't get continuously get beat, you know getting beat by the same thing. We missed that last year. Coach offered nothing, and you had these guys just sitting over there on the bench next to each other, looking at each other like. What's your guy doing? What's your guy doing? Well, I don't know how to tell you how to fix that. Coach, you got anything? Uh, gee, just keep fighting, boys. That ain't good enough. Not when, not when you got a group as young as they were. You know what I mean? And now they don't have to worry about that. I think we got the right key, you know, got the right pieces in place, man, that's going to help these guys take the next step as well, you know? $100 dono bomb. Wow. Oh, nice. What an all-star cast. Mr. Webb, Mr. Ballgame, Mr. Driscoll. And reason, love all your takes. Hyped in Hawaii, aloha, gentlemen. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Indeed, YouTube man. takes it thirty percent right off the rip. Love <laughs> it, bro. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, <laughs> you know, that's talk about a me. finder's fee. Jesus, yeah, right? Um, yeah, ten percent over here, bro. These guys are like thirty percent. No problem. 
I <laughs> got shook down by the YouTube mob. Um, yeah, so Rich, yeah. I know you know what I'm saying. Uh, <coughs> Rich, Richmond and, and and YouTube's the reason the IRS been knocking on my door. Uh, easy, easy, <laughs> easy. Uh, Richmond, Neil, uh, your final thoughts, boys. My final thoughts are, you know, I, I agree with ball game. I agree with with Neil. Um, and um, you know, one of the things that I really focused in on what Neil said was, you know, eleven wins is a floor, but twelve and five, and I think ball game even um, agreed that that's realistic. And I, I think the difference this year is. is I can remember when I was a player, when, when you lose games the previous year that you possibly know you could have won and been in a better position, I don't think you forget about that. And I think we got enough veteran leadership, you know, like you guys said, bringing in like Armstead, bringing in some actual coaches that actually got experience, stuff like that, that can make adjustments on the sideline and say, okay, this is what we're doing. I know this is what we said we were doing all week, but we're going to do this to compensate for what they're showing us right now. So, um, and then with the defense, I think they, they've always kind of had that veteran presence that, you know, no matter what, they have, they've kind of always been a little bit ahead of the offense. But now with some of the additions, we, we added like Tyreek Hill, this and that, and it'll give an opportunity for, uh, um, I think, like Jalen Waddle to, to blossom. You can't double those guys. So um, I think it's going to, like ball game, <laughs> we said, it's going to be a defensive coordinator's nightmare. So I'm looking forward to it. But I think the biggest thing is, is, hey, let's not forget how close we got last year. We didn't make it in there. Let's get in there. And once you get in the playoffs, like uh, you said, reason, and I think Cincinnati was a great example. Not that we're trying to beat them, but they got in there. They got hot. They won a couple of games and, and made the plays. And made our way to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying we're doing that, but but like Neil said, at least get one W up under your belt, and this you get a taste of that. And it's hard to get that taste out your mouth because you always want more. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm excited about this season. Yeah, I'll, I'll wrap it up by just saying I know we've all talked about the talent we've added, but what I'm more excited about, or equally excited excited about, is the offensive coaching that we've brought. From a scheme and design standpoint, Mike McDaniel, I, I honestly don't think we had a scheme and design last year. When I can sit there and t- call the plays, and you know, reason you and I are text each other, run, run, short pass, run. <laughs> like we, when we can call the plays, a thirty-year coaching staff on the defense side of the ball can figure it out. So I'm excited about the scheme and design from Mike Daniels. And then I talk about like the basics, Daryl Bevel. I talk about Frank Smith. I think there's going to be a, a layer of coaching here that is way more advanced than we saw. So not only we're we going to have better talent, we're going to have better coaching. And look, Brian Flores had his warts as a head coach. He was a good defensive play caller. We might even take a step back on the defensive side of the ball, but hopefully players that are young like Javon Holland, Jalen Phillips taking the next step, a guy like Channon Tindall coming on and board and, and coming and adding depth to that linebacker core, you know, that helps the defense side of the ball. But our offense was borderline or not even borderline was pathetic last year there was games where i was sitting there like this reminds me of when we would had a lindo mari and just kick field goal after field goal after field goal because we could never score touchdowns i I think mike mcdaniel is going to be able to scheme and design plays i think to everyone's point the hill and waddle dynamic is going to be one of the most explosive things we've seen the guy i expect to benefit most out of all the things the ingredients i just said is mike kosicki I think the middle of the field is going to be wide open for that guy. And 
I think he needs development, and I hope he gets a little bit better on the route running. He's not going to block. He's never going to become, you know, Rob Gronkowski as an inline block. You don't think they can make him competent at least? I don't think he has to be. I I, I think what you do is play him yeah, to his strength. Want him to, bro, because he, he your your he, he limits you in your other sets, man. Right, you got to like make your, him run, your, your true run game sets. He limits you if he can't block a little bit, bro. Just to tie a guy up for two or three seconds, like he doesn't give you that, man. Like it's. I was disappointed in Mike last year, and, and I'm a big fan. You know, I'm a big fan of Mike. I, I two touchdowns for Mike Kosicki. Come on, man. I mean, he blocked me because of that. But like, look, I love the guy. I want him to be a tight end, Pro Bowl tight end. He blocked end. everyone on Twitter. He blocked I, everyone. I, love him. I, I like. I, I'm not trying to be a critic. Look, the guy's making millions of dollars playing tight end for the Miami Dolphins, and I'm sitting here on a YouTube show with great with great company. But like, at the end of the day, like, I, I'm not saying the guy's garbage. There's plays last year that I, yeah, I think there's a couple plays that he should have made last year in clutch situations. Um, I think he started off the season fast, and then after that Baltimore Ravens game, he was on a milk carton. And look, this is a contract year. He's on the franchise tag. Look, someone will pay him. I would like for him to be the young guy that we develop and who could be one of the better tight ends we've had in our franchise. You got Jim Mandich, you got Randy McMichael, Keith Jackson. You know, we, we got some guys, but Mike Kosicki has the opportunity in front of him he should see single coverage all season long, and the middle of the field should be open. And Tua can eat in the middle of the field. I've seen it time and time again. I think he benefits, and I think this offense becomes fun, not just competent, but fun. And, and I think that makes them dangerous. Um, it's going to be a fun season. What the hell am I supposed to do for the next 90 days? It's the emergence <laughs> of Hunter Long. There you go. Ooh. I like Hunter. I like Hunter. Uh, Zuri says I'm gonna be repping <laughs> Aqua and Orange for that Thursday night game. Bengal fans better be ready. I mean, a guy and another one too, guys. I mean, Derv Smythe made the most of every opportunity he was given last year. I got too. And I mean, you know, there were some reps that looked like he was taking them from Gasecki uh, that Gasecki could have been executing if he would have been a competent blocker. I mean, Gasecki even looks bigger in the upper part. You got okay. He does his little tight end camp. You're telling me he didn't get on the horn with Kittle, and Kittle said, "Bro, you're gonna have to block, huh?" Like, you know, even if you're the water boy, you're gonna block in the McDaniel if the, offense. If the, if the friendship is authentic, and and they definitely had to tell him that, otherwise, yeah, and no point in even calling the guy because the guy got to tell you the truth. Like, break the film down. And, you suck at this. You got to get better at this to be. And boys, I keep looking at John Embry, and I keep looking at back what he did with Jordan Cameron. And I see a lot of parallels between Mike Gusecki and what Jordan Cameron was before the concussion started stacking up for Jordan Cameron. Even down to the way they were built was, was yeah. very similar. Um, so I, I see I see a lot of a lot of parallels, man. I just can't wait for September to get here. Jesus, let's go. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna get out of here. I'm gonna be back on Finside the NFL on Saturday for my Eric Azukuma prospect preview including all 22 in an in-depth scouting report on the player, how I see him being used in year one, and so on and so on. And then I was originally scheduled that for Friday, but tomorrow is a potential knock the Rangers out of the playoffs, go Pens, go game. So I'm going to be locked out because if the Penguins lose tomorrow at home, I don't see – without Crosby, I don't see how they're winning this series. So I'm going to be locked oh. in on my on my game tomorrow. What's up? Miami Heat going to the eight to the um, – Yeah, they won yeah. tonight, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They they'll go, they'll go, sixes. They'll go farther than the Panthers. I still say caps in seven. Wow. <laughs> I still Tommy, say Tommy Wilson, your boy was skating today. There you go, bro. There you go. 
All right, guys. I appreciate y'all. It was always a pleasure with you guys doing this, man. Always such a good time. I know people enjoyed it. Guys, everyone stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. Until next time, you already know what time it is. Fins up all day, every day, baby. All right.